Warning, this podcast contains adult language, mature situations, personal opinions, debate on future storylines, and potential spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Spirekin Television Tuesday, Episode 2. Hello everyone and welcome to our second episode of Spirekin's Television Tuesday, the podcast where we talk about new television shows of the week going episode by episode of various new series. I'm your host Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hey, it's Greta. Yes, and remember you can check out any of our earlier episodes and our other podcasts at www.spirekin.com. Yes, so you've noticed we actually have kind of a format going for this now. We finally figured out a way to do this. So just to keep you abreast, this is our new show where we talk about new television shows that have just come out and our thoughts and opinions about them. Almost a, not instant reaction, but an earlier reaction than what we would have given with movies and whatnot. Now, some of the things we're going to do is we're going to try not to give as many spoilers as we can for the beginning of the episode. But after the end music, we'll have a spoiler section where we talk about the various spoilers. Because there's so much to talk about in some of these shows. Like one of the big reveals from last week we didn't talk about, but we'll probably talk about it after the notes. But let's get on with it, shall we? So because it is that time of year when it's that transitional period, when it's not summer and it's not spring, a lot of new shows are not coming out yet. But two shows did show up, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, Two big shows. I mean, there's more coming out, but we're going to focus on these two shows for now, and we may add more later. But for right now, the two shows we're talking about are going to be the second episode of Snowpiercer. And we're going to be talking about the pilot of the newest DC Universe slash CW Arrowverse television show, Stargirl. Now, I know that technically that should go under our superhero show, but it's a TV show and I think it fits pretty well. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and we'll go more to... I also like that we'll do the spoilers at the end. That way we don't have to censor ourselves too much in the episode, right? Right. So let's get started, shall we? So we're going to go in chronological order of what was released. So if you have the CW app or the DC Universe app, which we don't have, you'd watch Stargirl on Mondays. But unfortunately, we don't have that, so we have to watch it like normal people on Tuesday or as we saw it on Wednesday. So we're going to start off with Stargirl, which is written by Jeff Johns, the very famous comic book author who reinvigorated Green Lantern and also Aquaman, made him not just a joke. And this was directed by Glenn Winters. And this is officially in the Arrowverse, or as since we saw in Crisis on Infinite Earths, everything in the DC Universe is part of the multiverse at this point. So so should we call it DC Universe or is it Arrow Universe? Technically it would be the DC Universe, whatever. So in this multiverse, this is... Actually, but it's not multiverse. Now there's just one Earth. No, but there's multiple Earths afterwards. Remember, at the end, it showed everything's still connected. They just don't know it's Prime Universe. But that's getting into causality and temporal. So anyway, so this is the newest pilot for essentially a CW show for the Arrowverse, which we're going to call Because let's be honest, it is in the Arrow Universe. It's going to cross over with Flash or Supergirl or uh, Legends of Tomorrow. That's the realistic point. Is it gonna, it's not going to go over Arrow because Arrow has been canceled and Batwoman currently is in flux. For that, we're going to talk about that in our comic episode or comic show where we talk about comics and whatnot because that's a big news. However, so this one, first off, uh, the episode title is just pilot. And this is a straight up origin story of Stargirl. And for those of you who don't know, Stargirl or Courtney Whitmore is a young girl who gets the power of the cosmic staff and she fights villains as Stargirl. She gets the staff from her stepdad, uh, Stripes, a.k.a. Pat Dugan, the former sidekick of the Star Spangled Kid, who becomes Starman, who gets his uh, cosmic wand from the original Starman, but that's all comic book lore. And this is a kind of reimagining, reinvigoration of that story. And let's be honest, the opening sequence of this episode is impactful because it is the destruction of the JSA, the Justice Society of America, where you see every member die. I mean, you don't see like the Flash because the Flash is currently out of the universe, but supposedly they're going to bring the Flash back into the universe. So that'd be kind of cool, but I'm digressing. But so what do you think about the destruction of the JSA in the beginning of the episode? I think it's kind of, it didn't feel sad the way they did it. It felt more, more like matter of fact, like, ta-da, this happened. It wasn't like, 
you know, in the beginning of Batman, when you see his parents die, it felt like, oh, like a gut punch until it felt like mm, this is what happened. And here we are today. Yes. And it, it does start off like kind of a little bit of tragedy in it. However, what ruins it is that. But, you know, like, hey, this is the heyday of superheroes. And then this massive thing happened. They saved the world, but they all died. And it's actually when you see all the different old school super heroes in their old costumes, it actually is kind of cool because you see Our Man, you see Wildcat, you see uh, Dr. Midnight and all of them. It's just their classic costumes and it, you never expect to see them on the screen. And I think that their way that their costumes were designed was really well done for a TV show. Because remember, we were 20 years ago, we were in the, hey, you can't wear costumes. You got to just wear leather. Because what do you think? You're going to wear a lot of spandex outside? It's like, no, they actually interpreted the costumes really well, I think. I thought they did a really great job. However, the one thing I did... Star Man looks a little bit like Captain America. But that's because they didn't want to go with the the real Star Man costume, which he looks like a bum. They wanted to use a costume that, oh, they can modify it and then it'll become Star Girl's outfit. That's really why they did that. No, no, no. And I get that. It's just, it's hard to do... Red, white, and blue with some kind of star and not look like Captain America. And we're going to get a little bit more into some of the other aspects of it, but... Ah! Sorry, Kitty just clawed me really bad. <laughs> and I'll leave that in because I'm bleeding. And I deserve to, them to know my pain. Yes. Know the pain. However, the one thing is that in the beginning we see Pat Dugan as Stripesy, the sidekick to Starman, which already that's kind of insane because he's the... He's like Alfred, but he's like, oh, you're my sidekick. It's like, he's, he does more than that for you. He's your driver. He's your confidant. And you treat him like, kind of like garbage. And he saves his life. And he's like, and they have Joe Hale playing Starman. Now, first off, this is Joe Hale from Community. And you expect him to be a twerpy little guy. He got ripped for this role. Like, he looks in shape. Is he, you think he's a little bit, as the word is, swole? I think he does look good. He looks fit. I don't think he looks swole. Swell? Swole. Swollen. Swole. Swollen. He doesn't look like ripped. He looks like he's in shape and he's a fighter, and but it's like... Yeah, he looks like fit. Because at first you're like, is that Joe McHale? He seems really like cool, but then he starts talking to Pat and you're like, oh yeah, this asshole. Yeah, it's Joe McHale. Because he's like, listen... I need you to guard the staff. He's like, I'll take care of it. He's like, no, not you. Never you. Not you. Anybody but you. You're not worthy. It's like. But one day someone will be. But not you. But not you. He's like, that's your friend and you're going to be like that, that dickish to him. Okay. That's kind of a dick move. But so uh, Starman dies in his arm, bequeaths Pat the cosmic rod. And he's supposed to protect it for years until he finds the correct. Uh, wielder of it, and then spins to Courtney Whitmore as a young girl. And also, this is taking place during Christmas. So you hear Christmas music going on. And you see her waiting for her dad with a present, and daddy's going to come home. Daddy's going to come home. Daddy does not come home. And we think immediately that, yeah, this is not... <laughs> like, they, you see her looking outside as a little girl, and she sees a star go across the sky... And did you think that she was related at all to Starman? Or did you think that, oh, this is just. No, it just felt like. Well, I knew she was going to be Stargirl because the the show, the show is Stargirl. They're introducing a little girl. You're like, hmm, maybe this might be her. Um, But I don't think that she's like related or like, no, it just felt like. It's just so like daddy isn't like, coming home. <laughs> here's a kid. When all of the superheroes died to save the world, here's one kid's sad story. Yeah, but her waiting for daddy. And we know that daddy's not going to come home. And it's like, you see the mom's like, I'm going to work. And it's like, yeah, it's not that daddy's saving the world. It's daddy's a bum. Yeah. But they don't. I wanna... wish daddy would show up also. So it's. It felt like they were already separated. Well, we found out later it's worse than that. But. But you know what I mean? Like it felt like. He's not around. Yeah, deadbeat dad's not showing up. So zooms forward 10 years later, and they're in California, and we found out that Pat married the mom, who's played by Amy Smart, and she looks really good in this. She's so cute. It's weird to think of her as a mom. I'm so used to her being not a mom. 
Yeah, it's it's but she's she's a mom who's now doing with, mom. with her daughter and then his son who the fact that his son calls him by his first name, that's really No, he was just trying it out because the whole thing is he has a son, she has a daughter, and then they get married. So she now has a stepson and he now has a stepdaughter. So the son tries to call him by his first name. And he goes, No, you call me dad. He goes, but so and so calls you. But Courtney calls you. But Courtney, Courtney calls, calls you. Pat. He's like, Pat. It's like, yeah, but she's my stepdaughter. And she goes, don't bring me into this. So it's like they already are arguing like siblings and. Yeah, they get along fine. And he gets along with his son, but they're moving to Michigan, uh, Blue Valley, Michigan. Nebraska? Or no, it's Nebraska. You're right. It's Nebraska, yeah. Blue Valley, Nebraska. And it's really like, they're like, it's. The, Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, no. Was, me neither. It was made up for this TV show. But it's typical, like, oh, this is going to be the area where the, they're going to meet up and all of that. But it's like small town perfectness. Everybody says hi to everybody else. They all wave at each other. And the they're like, the son is like, this is weird. They're being nice to us. He's like, it's like this is small town hospitality. He's like, well, it's still really weird. And then he sees a cute girl waving at him. He's like, oh, but I can get used to this. Right. <laughs> and it's, you're dealing with the fact that they moved to a new town and they see the house. The house is amazing because they were from a little California condo but, to a house. But California is expensive and same amount of money can buy you a whole lot more in I love the fact he's like, it's a castle. It's like, that's a big, that's a nice house. And while he, and Pat is trying to deal with his new family and like his girl, his wife loves him, his new wife loves him, but Courtney hates him. She just... She's a teenager. This guy is not her dad. And she's moving to a new place. I think she's like a senior in high school. And she's blaming him for everything. Like, it's like, oh, why are we moving because of him, aren't we? And she's like, no, I chose the job. It's my responsibility, honey. And it's like, her mom is why they're moving. And, but she's like, no, it's, it's all his fault. He's the reason why this happened. He's the reason, like, he's, she's blaming him for daddy leaving. Which is kind of sad. And we're hoping that before the end of the season, she actually will call him dad instead of just Pat. However, she goes to the new school. The new school is kind of bad. It does hint at a lot of stuff, especially if you know the comic characters. But also a couple of things, if you've seen the signage, it's like, okay, the Justice Society is gone. And she's going to be Stargirl. So obviously her clique of friends are going to be the new superheroes. Which, it's not really that hard. This is a CW show. Like, when you watched Flash and Arrow, they were hard and gritty. This is an old school CW show. It's Monster of the Week and... Uh, High school drama. Like perfectly clean high school jocks are terrorizing kids. She's beautiful and a gymnast, but, but the school doesn't have a gym. So she, you know, they're like, why don't you be a cheerleader? But she's not a cool kid. Because just, day. yeah, she's the new kid. So it's like CW option A insert. OC slash. Uh, yeah. Insert team here. Yeah, it's what that is. Now, one thing that I found that was interesting is that unlike most CW shows, they do follow this the DC Universe license where they're a little more liberal with their language. Because yeah. she gets into an argument with one of the popular girls, and the girl's like, that's my boyfriend, bitch. And I was like, oh, for an 8 well, o'clock show? Uh, yeah, the language was a little bit more yeah. rich than I Sp was expecting. So it feels like a teen show. Like, ooh, oh, she just said bitch. It's totally a teen show, unlike all the other superhero shows. It's very And I don't feeling. mean like eleven or twelve or even thirteen. I mean like sixteen. No, it's still like 14, 13 year olds are gonna watch it. I know. But it's not a bad show, but it is a pilot episode. She gets she finds a cosmic staff. The cosmic staff is technically alive. She goes out and the down. cosmic staff technically kind of finds her. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out more about it, hopefully, in the second episode. But she ends up going, she takes the cosmic staff out, or it goes out. She causes some damage. The, one of the bad guys from the Injustice Society who killed the Justice Society, I was really happy to see those guys. But they, he's, ironically, all the Just, Injustice Society, they're all in this little one town. That's kind of like, not believable, but whatever. So they're there. Which is something interesting, because the mom's from this town. 
She's not. She is. She goes, this is where I grew up. I came to sell mom's house. And that's how they met at the little pizza parlor place when she came back to sell her mom's house. That's where this town is where she's from. But she's not a comic, like a villain or a hero. She's just. uh, No, but it could be where she might have met. No, she said she met Pat there. So. But her previous husband. Did she meet him there? That is true. That's a good question. That is a theory for another day. But so long story short, she finds out the truth about who Pat is because she finds pictures of Pat in the Justice Society of America. And he she kind of No, he wasn't in the picture. He took no what he took the picture. He took the picture. Why does he have all this stuff? Is her question. So she ends up going out because the cosmic staff wakes her up and wants to play or train or whatever. And the big bad, the one of the leaders of the Justice. Justice Society shows up, sees her face, which that's already a big superhero no-no, and they get into a fight, and then Pat, finding out that she went out again, finally comes and saves the day using his iconic Stripe, S-T-R-I-P-E, armor. So it's like, oh, he's Stripesy, the, the, like, the Star Spangled Kid in Stripesy, but no, it's, he is, he actually is someone to deal with, and that's where the episode ends. Yeah. And we didn't go too spoilery because it's a pilot episode, but it's it's very formulaic. It's very, here's the numbers. Uh, main character meets their mentor. Main character gets their powers. Main character finds the bad guy. And then the episode ends with a cliffhanger. But the difference is that unlike the other ones, this one, the bad guy sees her face immediately. Like he sees her. It's not like he doesn't. Well, like the first little battle she has, she pulls out a bandana out of her back pocket like any good California girl would have. She'd have her colors on her and wraps it around her face like a COVID-19 mask. And um, I like that that's now a reference. Um, and puts pulls the zips up her jacket, pulls the hood the over her head, and then goes to mess with the bullies. And then in the second fight... She ditches all of that. Her hair is out. Her face is out. She's identifiable. Yeah, so I'm wondering what the repercussions of this are going to be in the future episodes. Are they going to find them? Uh, well, obviously this guy knows who they are. And the worst thing is, this guy is the boss of her mom. This villain. It's a brainwave. So where are the repercussions for this? So this first episode is good. It's very formulaic and it is very teeny. It's not... I don't think it's as good as... The pilot for The Flash or the pilot for Arrow or the pilot for Legends of Tomorrow. It's very different. And super, even Supergirl's pilot was a little more mature than that because she was someone who was working and doing that. This is, it feels very juvenile. Which isn't a bad thing, but it's not. It feels like a teen show, but I still enjoyed it. And the opening is not a teen show, but it goes from one, it feels disjointed because it's like the opening is very violent. It's. You're seeing the Justice League systematically get killed one at a time at a time. And uh, Starman dies by being impaled. Slight spoilers, but it's in the first two minutes of the show. You can't be like, oh, this is a spoiler. True. But yeah, so that's what our theories are for that. So we don't have a rating system right now for this show, but I think it's going to be good. I'll give it a couple. I think we should give it a couple more episodes. I think we need to give it a couple more episodes. You can't judge everything purely off of a pilot. Pilot. That's yeah. just not fair. Yeah, I think so as well. Plus, I want to see more. Yeah, because it could be really good. So our next one, we're going to the big show, the show that we started this podcast on, Snowpiercer Episode 2, Prepare to Brace, directed by Sam Miller, who worked on a lot of stuff. He worked on 10 episodes of the British TV show Luther, which starred Idris Elba. Episode 6 of Luke Cage as the episode where Detective Scraft tries to blackmail Cottonmouth and things go to hell. And then he directed the final episode of Daredevil Season 3, which is actually one of the better episodes. Because that's the one we've waited for, which is Bullseye versus Daredevil versus Kingpin. And has all that going on. Mm -hmm. So it's great direction in this. And if you remember from the last episode, we talked about the fact that our main character... um, Andre Layton, or we'll call him Layton from now on, has been upgraded from the tail to kind of train detective. So he's the train detective on this case, but it, I didn't get the feeling that he's officially the train detective. Yeah, the deal is he solves a case, things will be all right. But um, 
and we'll take it from there. So that happens, but he's doing that. Meanwhile, our other main character, uh, Melanie Cavill, the head of hospitality and the voice of the train, uh, she is dealing with more issues besides this murder that occurred. And so this episode deals with, one, the repercussions from the end of last episode. It also deals with how fragile everything is at the moment. Because of the last episode, Leighton is now treated with a little more disdain than he did last time. Because at first he was, oh, you're just that, de- that detective and we're going to treat you okay. Now he's, okay, you're the trained detective, but you're that, you're that taily who caused my friend to die. And instead of him being in a room or being sent to the tail, his, his residence at this point is a jail cell. Yeah. Because they don't want him living in the tail during this. And they want to keep an eye on him. So he's in a jail cell. But he's not stupid. It's not like, oh, I'm stuck in the jail cell. I'm screwed. He's very smart and he's able to manipulate the situation very quickly using his own smarts. He kind of pulls a Detective Keaton where he's a little bit of a kleptomaniac in the episode. A little bit. But he's also sitting in a jail cell and still part of, he's still a good tailie and wants to... um, Help them out. Right. His plan is always to go back to the tail and to... (laughs) Bless you. Sorry. His plan is always to go back to the tail and continue the... Revolution. Right. Because he is one of their... He is their leader, and he's good. And so he is dealing with that at the moment. And the other thing that's going on is he's dealing with this murder case, and we're discovering more about what's going on. We actually see the murdered victim. And the murder victim has their limbs cut off and their extremities cut off. Is that a good way to say it? Um... Or should we just say it? Oh, we're, we're a mature podcast. His dick is, was, was removed. I was going to say they cut off his pee-pee. Well, we could, but they cut it off. And, I'm more CW, apparently. <laughs> and the thing is that he, when he's there, he notices immediately. He's able to examine. He's like, so what happened? He tells what happened. And but what I liked about this is he's still full-on a tailie, but the blonde guard. Uh, uh, what is her name? We, uh, her name is Bess. Bess or Till wanted to be a detective was trying to get into the detective program had had admitted that in the previous episode right yeah she so just, they mm-hmm. they go in for the autopsy and the doctor on the train says just let you know I've never really done an autopsy before I mean I know how to got my medical degree but it wasn't I haven't done them so he shows her a couple things right away he, he points them out because he's A homicide detective, he's seen a lot of dead bodies, he's talked to people, like, he knows a lot of things. So then he starts walking through the, like, pointing out things to both of them, but is really kind of training... Uh, Till. Till, to be, like, like, give her a skill, and she wants to learn. And they're... It didn't feel... The way he did it, it didn't feel, like, sneaky, like, I'm going to win you over to my side as part of the revolution. It felt purposeful as... Hey, I'm a detective. You wanted to do this. I'm going to teach you because it's going to help you move forward. The other like thing, good guy and, thing. And that is a good point because after the last incident, she was she treated him very hostily. After the end of last episode, she's tre- he treated him, she treated him hostily since but, the get go. But more so because he because of right. But now he now she you know like in, in this episode, one of the guys bumps him. And she like shoves him and she's like, don't, you can't do that. Like she's already starting to warm up to him. Right. See him as a person and not as a tailie. And she sees that he is, that he's more than what he says, because at one point she brings up the fact, Hey, why don't you just pin this on someone and be done with it? And you just get your pass up. And he's like, no, the thing is I want to go back to the tail. And more importantly, I'm still a detective. I want to get this solved. Yeah. So no matter what, he has his principles, and that's a and she's kind of admired by that. She does treat him like shit for a while though, because she's still pissed at him. She still treats him, but but you can see it's starting to crack. If the ice is thawing, <laughs> if I'm going to stay in Snowpiercer terminology. So on the other end, two other other things going on with uh with Mel. He can become like 
the lead detective and she could be his apprentice. She could. And that would get him a little more respect. That would give us a season two. Well, they guaranteed a season two already, so that's good. But in season two, the other end, on uh, Melanie's front, she's dealing with the fact that the train is now, the area that they're going through has become a little more dangerous since last time they had gone through. There's a lot more avalanches going on, and that's going to lead for, as she calls it, that they have to brace. Hence the title, prepare to brace. You have to hold on because it's going to be Because the terrain. train rocks around, bumps a little bit. And they say, to be safe, let's slow down. And she says, no, let's... If we slow down, then we have to have blackouts. That's not an option. Speed up, because apparently that's also how they collect their energy. It's a perpetual engine, but if they slow down, they're going to... Go. So she goes, speed up and and push through it. Which, and he goes, that's not safe. And as she, while that's going on, she also has to deal with uh, all the first class has heard about the murders. They heard about the murders and they heard about what happened at the end of last episode. Well, there's some kind of like council or... They're the high muckety Homeowner monks. association or like there's some kind of like... The political group that's formed. It's like the richest of the rich rule the train underneath the, all the people in hospitality and all the other members. And they're dealing with what's going on, but they know what's going on. They bring up to her, oh, well, we heard about the, the thing yesterday, and we have that stupid tail detective who's go like, that's going to be. And the tail revolution, and yada 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 like they, they know and then too we much. Have a, like how did they a murder in the third class right and one of them's like well you know i used to be in the in the old life i was a a lawyer i was a lawyer, so i could help the tail detective we don't need somebody from the tail i can i can do it because i was a lawyer and i like that her daughter's like well you did not you didn't do murders yeah i didn't realize the law firm of yada 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 dealt in murders so something's going on in the front section. They already hate the tail section, but they're the ones who may instigate the whole situation. It's also the same woman that complained about the people singing sonic songs and body shaming. Yeah, so she's going to be a thorn in their side at this point, or something's going to be... She, no, you can tell she is a thorn in their side. But they deal with it, and she can't do anything. Now, the other issue she has the point is that due to the bracing at one point an error happens we're not gonna an error happens and due to the spoiler this isn't a spoiler it's we're gonna do it so it's not a spoiler yeah something happens on the train which is gonna affect them way later in the long run and at first we were debating over if it was just one car two cars or Three cars that were affected. And it turns out that it was, and they even say in the episode that it was mul- it was a ma- it was a major, a significant, like it was only a few cars, but this is a major issue that occurred. And because everything about the train is balance, right? So um, it's a delicate balance of taking care of the water. It's a delicate balance of um Crop rotation and everything the berries and so like they use the disuse like the garbage is used for fuel and then you have the fact that the water is recycled so this is your drinking water but it's also used the water that you you pee with is used to fertilize the 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 plants everything is in balance and is used for something else so anything that would lose that would cause problems and this event but they also explained that they get the water. Yeah. From the snow piercer. From the snow. So so it's not like there there is more water supply, but all everything in the train is reused, repurposed. And is finite. There's a balance to everything. Because like you said earlier, last episode. She doesn't have any more smoked salmon <coughs> smoked salmon rolls because No more wood chips. Right. And she actually comments that this is an extinction level event. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is how's this an ELE? And then you see what it is, and you're like, oh. So there's gonna be repercussions further down. Also, she's cracking. She's been on the train for essentially seven years, and she's been very in control, and she is cracking. Yeah. 
like this begins and this is her just starting to snap further. Like mad that he doesn't see the bigger picture. Like it's about all life. It's all life and she's just... Protecting the train is about all life and you want to disrupt that. You want to break the train down. And like she's pissed that he doesn't see the bigger picture. And it's getting really just nervous and... and it's the first time we really see her kind of like lose it a little bit. And I'm honestly hoping that it is not what we feel like it is. It is just the end with that, those cars. I hope that there is a, maybe if there is a petting zoo, we'll say, or something else, there is a way to save that situation. Or maybe it's like they have some genetic something. Yeah, there's... But it's kind of horrific. Also, another thing is that you see one of the actual brakemen, the guys who who are not just security, but they're the ones who fix the train, the engineers and the people who like are. And they have special suits. They have to because it's below free. It's hundred something. One hundred and fifty Celsius below below, below zero. zero Celsius. And the one that you see, he's missing his ears. There's but, some weird scarring on his face. But the thing is that when you see him, they're opening a door, and you see. Early on, that this wind, it freezes I mean, on we've contact. Seen, we've seen people get their arms chopped off. That's a punishment. We've the, seen that. In the movie, you saw that. In this one, you see it. That it's just, it'll freeze within seconds. Yeah. And you see uh, him. He's actually like, when the air is hitting, he actually has a look of like a. He likes it. No, but it's also, you, it's fresh air. You haven't felt in so long. It's like, ah, fresh it's air. Fresh air. Frozen air. But then it freezes him slightly and he's just like... Well, it like puts a little frost on everything around him. You know, in that room, you see everything instantly. Mm -hmm. And he is the one who has to work on it. And he asks them, listen, uh, in order to fix this, we have to slow the train down. And she says, no. You can't slow... No, there's a negotiation. She goes, I can't slow it down that much. And he says, I could slow it down this much. He's like, so no saunas for the, the first, first class. class. So, so they're going to do rolling blackouts. And the, uh, starting with the tail. It was like the tail gets nothing. They're going to like, they're going to be like perpetually frozen. And also to be nice to the tail because of the loss of life and whatnot. They, uh, on the tail end, besides, well, we should get to what's happening in the tail. First off, because of last episode, the end of last episode, which was a revolt, there's going to be punishment. And the one assistant hospitality lady who's taking over for Tilda Swinton, Swinton's role in the movie. So she's more of a sadistic uh, hospitality lady. And she says, oh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to. Like, and later she's like, Leafy's like, oh, it was clean and perfect. You're like, yeah, you totally are. You're like Madam Umbridge from Harry Potter. Yes, like, that, I, I think that's a very good. She immediately to because the deal to save his friends we said last episode was there was going to be a punishment, no death, but a punishment. And the punishment on the train is you're gonna is they're gonna take an arm, and the first person they pick to take an arm is a four year old child. This little sweet looking, cute little girl. True, she helped out with the, with the revolution by kind of grabbing an arm, but she didn't know better. She's a little kid. So, being a good mom, her mom says, it was my fault. I'm her mother. Take my arm instead. And at least they're nice enough to let her hold her kids one last time before. But then what they do is, at first in the, in the movie, we thought, oh, they're covering it with gel or something. It's like, no, they're covering the arm with water. Yeah. And then they proceed to stick it outside. Because it just port. helps it freeze faster. And it freezes instantly. Completely painful. Yeah. No pain meds. No nothing. And they just shatter the arm. They put a cuff. To lock it in place. So it'll, but I think that also like. It doesn't cut circulation. It's just. No, a, but I think it helps cut the break. Because mm. it stops the freeze from above it. Yeah. And they put the, the cuff on, they lock that in tight, they cover the arm in water, and they stick it outside. It freezes instantly, which is apparently... Super painful. Crazy painful. They pull it back inside, and then they... 
And then they smash it with a sledgehammer. Smash it off. And chunks of frozen, it's like liquid nitrogen. Yeah. That's basically what it is. And they, chunks of arm just go. Yeah, and you can't reheat it because it's now, it's now the cells are gone. And then the rest of the episode, one part I feel is, like it'll thaw if someone can eat it, which no, is disgusting. But it's, they're not going to do that. They touched on cannibalism. That's like I want to touch in a bit, but they have to fix her arm. She has no meds, and her son, her older son, goes to kind of extreme methods to get some sort of medicine. And instead of medicine, they give drugs. They give them Cronal, which I think we talked about last episode. But yeah, so they give them like it's like what about real medicine? They're like no, 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 you're tailing. Here, take this. This is good enough for you. He gave an officer a blowjob. To get medicine, and that's what they gave him. So this is, it's pretty corrupt at this point. Like the, like, I think that a lot of these soldiers are corrupt. I think that Till is not that corrupt, and I don't think. Like there are horrible things that happen in this. I don't think the boss is corrupt. The bald guy, uh, the, no. the one comedian, he's not corrupt. But he doesn't look the other way either. Or he looks the other way. Yeah, but he is a good guy. I think he's good in the long run. He understands. But so they're dealing with that. The other thing is that Miles, the quote-unquote adopted son of Leighton, is going to be promoted to an apprentice. He gets an apprenticeship, mm-hmm. which is good. So he's actually moving up, up, as I said, up train. Three children were chosen for an apprenticeship. Yes, three of them were. And it's like the greatest thing that can happen. Yeah, and it's like you have one – if you choose to do this, you have one hour to say goodbye to, – to, to, to gather your things and say goodbye to your family. Yeah, and then prepare for a better life uptown. Now, do you up think – Up train. Up train. Up train, yes. Now, do you think that this is going to be like the movie with that apprenticeship? What was the apprenticeship in the movie? Oh, no, I don't think so. I thought so at first where – but – I don't think so. I think it's like a legit. It hasn't gotten to that point yet. No. And I think that they need people to do the, the gross jobs. They need sanitation workers. Well, the to sanitations the are, the toil- need- are the tailies anyway. We found that the tailies do have jobs at sanitation to get money and get food. So, but you, you need those people. So you need, so I feel like that apprenticeship it's not a desirable job. I don't think anyone's signing up to... I don't think any of those kids are going to be a sauna towel passer outer person. No, but, but Miles' last episode wanted to be... He's, a, he's like, he's learning calculus as an engineer, and he's very intelligent. He might, raise his, he might raise ranks. Yeah. He's smart enough where he could do that. But I don't think it's like the movie. I think it's like a real apprenticeship job where they need people to take... Yeah. To do jobs. And I think right now the job they're going to get is the one that was lost due to the incident. So, yeah. So, this episode is just as compelling as the first episode. Now, there's a little bit more we didn't talk about that. But we're going to talk about that more in the spoiler section. So, I think that this one is, again, we don't have a rating yet. But this is still continuing to be a very good show. It, for me, is like, pay attention. Don't paint your nails while you're watching this. Yeah. And one thing I would think of is... Although there are parts that I look away at, but you haven't had to look away. Uh, One slight thing, when they're fixing up the mom, after watching Gladiator, I thought, why don't they use that method to clean up the wound? Because... Well, one, I don't think they have any. They might not have any maggots. There might not be any flies. Yeah. They might have to pollinate everything with, because bees and things pollinate. They might have to. It'd be smart for them to have bees to pollinate. Then you have honey and you have sucrose. Yeah. But to, but I don't think they have, like, bugs. Yay! <laughs> Sign us up for the train. <laughs> Hopefully we can afford a ticket or two. Yeah, you can't go without me. That's not fair. No, I know. I hope we can both we can all get a ticket, but it's like three thousand. They said three thousand souls on the train. I don't know, but yeah, we'll see for next episode. I'm hoping it's going to be really good. I'm hoping. 
it's going to get more interesting. I am intrigued to see what the murder is, and it looks like the next episode is... Yeah, good. there's interesting things that we'll reveal in the spoiler about the murder thing, but it's... The other thing for the... the, the fascinating. ...is going to be disturbing. Yeah. And it makes perfect sense that that lady is involved with that, where she's going to push for that. Save it for the spoiler. So, yeah. So, I think that's it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, listen for after the end credits to hear the spoilers, and... Hope you have a good one. I'm your host, Zan. I'm Greta. We're gone, so we'll catch you next time and keep watching TV. Check out any of our episodes at spirekin.com. Bye. Hey guys, we're back, and it's spoiler talk now. Warning! Spoiler! Turn this off if you don't want to know. So, we're going to go backwards. We're going to go from Snowpiercer to Stargirl. First off, Snowpiercer. First off, the thing we did not talk about last time. The fact that Jennifer Connelly, that Melanie, is Mr. Wilford. We didn't expect that. No. but it's And then we're still speculating... Is she Mr. Wilford, or is it whoever is in charge of the train at the moment is Mr. Wilford? I think it's, from the way it's been seeing, it seems like she is... She's straight up Mr. Wilford. Either that, or maybe her husband was Mr. Wilford, or Mr. Wilford died and said, you're in charge now. But she's Mr. Wilford. She's Mr. Wilford, and she has to deal with all the all the command situations, and we're seeing that heavy is the crown on the head of, of the king. Yeah, that she doesn't have an easy life. She works... 23 hours a day, and she, and she mentions that when she's yelling at Leighton for trying to escape. Yeah. She's like, Mr. Wilford isn't working 23 hours a day, and when she, he, she says that, you see Leighton's like, he gets it. Yeah. I think he knows. And she's cracking, and it's not just, oh, I'm perfect, I put a suit on, and I wear these heels, and I walk around, and I deal with people. You can see, like, the vein pop out of her forehead. Like, she's working. Like, it's not easy. It's not an easy life. And because to go into some of the spoilers, first off, three of the big things. First, we find out more about Zara and Leighton. I'm wondering if they got married or not. We know that he proposed, and she kind of said yes. No, that was his wife. That was his ex-wife. Oh. Because we were debating on that, but it's kind of, she left him, like, she was more less invested than he was. She, it turns out she didn't want to be on the train. She wanted to die with her family. Right. 
which is tragic, but... Because it sounds like before the train got going, before all of that, while the world was going to end, it was a big political thing. She seems like a... There's a political movement, a rebel moment happened, and... Some people so just, she didn't want to go on the train. Some people just wanted to go home. Let alone... And die. Yeah. Let alone jump on it when they didn't have tickets. Yeah. But she's had to deal with it. And she says it's hell on earth, but now she's found a place. And furthermore, she's part of the reason with the murder, what's going on. Because, but it's, you see better times. You see the past in the, in the, the, the as they call it, the old world. And he was in love with her. He loved her like there's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Still does. He hates her, but he, he no, he still loves her. Yeah, but he still has a lot of hate for her. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. Uh, okay, so he hates her though. It's she betrayed him, and he he hates her for it. But he still loves her in his heart. Yeah, and he's dealing with that. And she's she, there's something there, but I don't think it's that. I think she's moved on, and she's able. to I don't move know. On. They like and that was something else. That was. Well, they did have sex, but they go to the, when he goes to the night car and he gets to have that sip of. We didn't want to talk about that, but yeah, that scene. Scotch or whiskey, like the first episode had him with the tomato soup and the grilled cheese. This episode had him with a. The scotch and it's the same thing, but it's so much. It made it look so fantastic. He's he's like he he should win an uh, uh, Emmy for this show just because. He's but the so way good that at it. but but he's investigating. He wants to know. Okay, this guy who died, why? Why did he die? Who would want him dead? What was going on? So he goes and he's finding out more about it. And it turns out his wife works at the nightclub. The night car, which is. And he's like, well, I, I have to know what they're doing so I know more about him. Why they would want him to die, like. Like, what is it? He was trying to find, to like, cause she wanted to say something and she couldn't say it in front of Till. So they go to this, like, meditation room. Yeah, because it's not a brothel. It's a meditation room where they, like, kind of... But it's kind of like guided meditation. It's therapy. Yeah. And they end up having sex. And I will admit, when you see the night car, first off, the head of the night car is pretty awesome. She She has a great voice. But the thing is that when you see all the people in the night car, how they are. Some people are loving it. Some people are crying, crying because it's too much reminiscence. And you notice it was the older, like the. There's a really sweet. Just like Ivan. Old couple dancing. Yeah. Like that old man who's crying. If he had a chance, I think he would go like Ivan. But they're kind of like mourning the life they used to have because it's never going to be like that again. And so they go up to the meditation room. She takes him into a meditative state and he's remembering. He's She's brought- like, well, where are you? He's like, I'm home. And it, he, he's remembering moments with her um, when he proposed all of those things. He's like, I just want to hold you forever. And they have sex. She goes, well, Solve this murder. Could you come back and be with me? Would you come out, come up from the tail to be with me? So I think she still loves him too. But she's part. She of, doesn't want to be a tailie. No, but she still has her own thing with the. Oh yeah, the, she, but but you could it, you could tell that she's a little different. Like she's like, I didn't have to be married. <coughs> I was happy just being together. You're the one that wanted to get married. It's like I want to say those words. I'd be happy just holding you. So she's a little different, unconventional in the sense that open relationship wants to, you know. She reminds love me a little bit of couple. someone that I know of yeah. with that, but not in a better way. Not but in a better way, but I know that person, and it just—it's—they're just different. It's different. just not traditional. Um, but that was a great. But you, when he said, "I just wanted to hold you," I thought he was going to cry, and it was, she was going to. They could have gone a way different way. They could way. have taken it, yeah. Like him just, her saying, that that's not what I wanted, this and that, but. And so the, the. Um, that is going on while also the other. The butcher car. Oh, all right. So the thing we didn't want to talk about is the butcher car. They're investigating the butchers who are the ones who 
potentially have killed the person. So the murder victim, besides his male appendage being cut off, that's a better way of saying it. Besides his male appendage being cut off, his arms and legs are cut off. But they were done surgically. So, not surgically. They were cut off. Precision. Precision. Precisionally, which is surgically, which is... Not surgically. So, they, in the in the autopsy, he's like, you guys don't even get it. What kind of tool, everything on this train has a purpose, what kind of tool do you need to cut somebody like this? And, and uh, tells like, is it a hacksaw? And he's like... Who has something sharp enough to cut a limb? He, he brings up her lunch, and, and she's like, no. Cannibalism, I thought something that, I thought it was rumors. He's like, no, the tail was like that for a while. That looks butchered, yes. Because he knew what it was, and it got really, it was almost as menacing as when we found about cannibalism in the movie. Yeah. But it's a, he takes it not as graphic, because in the movie it's disturbing because we found that Chris Evans killed his second-in-command's mom and ate her and was going to eat the baby and that whole thing. It's not that. It's just like. But what was interesting is in order to stop the cannibalism thing, they took down the head of that gang and everybody ate a piece of his heart so so that nobody was... Innocent. Innocent. And that's what squashed it. That's what ended it. And I think he said that just for effect. I thought so. I thought that he was saying it just for effect, but I don't think he did. And it... She looked at him in a different way. Like, oh. The lengths he went to for justice. He's someone who does a good deal, which is why I like Leighton as a character. But So they go to the car for the, the butcher car, which is two cars filled with cows. And they're trying to investigate the, and the murder. And the guy's like, get a paper, then you can come back. Get a paper, you can come back. And when they leave, they're starting to hit... They're saying to brace. They're hitting some turbulence. Because remember, we're in the sketchy part, so they're going to... And they're hitting turbulence, and one of the guys is going to be using a bolt to kill one of the cows. And because the train slips at the wrong time, the bolt hits one of the windows. Now, this is the part which I kind of think is unfeasible, but he has a breaking the glass, and the air gets in and kills everything in the car. So all the like cows instantly. are dead instantly. Because it's it's like if you freeze, if you stick an arm out of the window and it freezes off... In seven minutes. Oh, I feel like it happens faster than seven minutes. But then when you crack the whole window open and everything, nothing can survive in that. I would have thought, and this is something that I think of, why, how is it that there's not a, oh, a glass broke, hit the button, that window, there's a like a gate or something that will shut down. Right? A shutter? Right. Wouldn't that have made sense? Because it, like there was like one cow stumbling that was the farthest one away left before it fell over and died. Yeah. But yeah, so the two cars... So they have a lot of frozen meat, but... Super frozen, so flat, uh, freezer burn frozen. But that was all of their cattle. That's... It might be, it might not be. I'm hoping it's not, so but most likely it is. They're having that conversation after when they're assessing the damage. They're like, no one can know about this. This is like they're figuring out that it's dawning on them the ramifications of this. They use the manure for fertilizer, they use the ethanol for things like light bulbs and they for methane, which is used in a use lot of parts stuff. of the cows for medicine, not just meat. So this is. They, they don't even know the full impact of this event yet. And they can't skip this area of the track. They have to keep moving. They're, they're going to hit this track every year. So it's it's just pretty bad. It's really bad. They have to close off this section and let's figure out what they're going to do. They don't know what they're going to do. So meanwhile, while this is happening, our detective is able to get into the... Butcher section. And he finds the arms. And they start, they're investigating, they're looking around. They're, and they're, there's all this packaged meat, and they're looking. And they find, they pull one of the shelving kind of off the wall a little bit, and there's a grate. And he goes, look at this. There's blood on it. And there's a <coughs> screw kind of half out a little bit. And he, she goes, oh, I see it. And they open it up, and there's the arms and the legs. Now, the funny thing is, like, most serial killers, they'd be more meticulous to hide this, you know, it'd be completely closed. It wouldn't be, we half-masked it. But it's also... So we know someone involved... So we found the legs and the feet, but why was his penis cut off? 
Well, we find out from Zara after that whole sexy scene that he had the snitch had been approved for. Well, he we found out that he was a snitch or we're speculating he was a snitch because he had extra perks. One of the perks is he's allowed to have another child, him and he won the baby Zara. So they were going to do it. They were going to have a child. And this leads to later on when, um, in order to help out the train, he's been gathering intel and drawing like a map. And Layton actually escapes his cell in a really cool way and ends up getting his ass kicked to get a message to his group, which it doesn't get to, which that sucks. He took a piece of his, he ripped a piece of his shirt off and he was, he stole a pen, he ripped a piece of his shirt off. And he stole a paper clip or a piece of wire. So he was able to use the wire to pick the lock on the jail cell. He ripped a piece of his shirt off to record more train cars and more information for the tail. And then he let himself out to get that piece of shirt to the sanitation guys who were tailies to give them. And he was trying to smuggle them information and he got the snot beat out of him. <coughs> and then later you have his guard and Miss Mrs. I'm sorry, Miss Wilford slash Melanie going off on him, and she and she snaps. She's just holding it together, and he brings up the fact. Well, it's and she's like, "Why don't I throw you into the back, back with the tailies with where you belong?" He's like, "Well, one, you want to find out who murdered your snitch." Oh, you didn't think I knew that? Yeah, he was. Turns out he's getting special privileges. And people know he's a snitch. And the question isn't who murdered the snitch. It's who knows what's really going on. Right. And she gets a How look. How do you win the baby lottery? And she gets a look of, oh, I see. This is, so you know, definitely know more of what's going on. And you are a threat. Well, I think it's more of, hey, he's actually figuring things out. And he might get to the bottom of this. So it's, how did the people in first class figure out, find out all of this information? One, you know, where's the leak? Where is this information coming from? And two, maybe it's not a serial killer. Maybe it is a purposeful statement murder. I don't think it's a statement murder. I think it's a serial killer. They think it's a serial killer because there's a. I think that eating- there's a pattern. The eating people is something's up with that. But I think that it was a statement. But the, the original murderess, the original suspect, she's getting out of cold freeze and she is not. Having problems, like big problems. Like there's something wrong with the. The, the reanimation process because it's been or so long. The, or the putting them down. Putting them down, I don't think it's a medically issue. induced coma. I think that the, something's wrong with the doctor, personally. I think something's up with him. Well, yeah, he was taking like creepy care of her, like, brushing her hair, but he's it. but he's panicking about what's going on, so maybe he's not. I don't know. There's but, something off about him, though, big time. Now, the next episode, the next episode, the big things they're talking about are one. They're gonna they're debating about decoupling the train to save power the tail to save power. That's one. Yeah, but the hard thing about that is if you decouple the tail and cut that off and let that just drift away, it's the same track. Eventually you're gonna come back around to that train car. That's just it. And it's gonna freeze on there. So can, would the train be powerful enough to blast through it? I think that's going to be the defense for not decoupling it. So I feel like they're not going to decouple it. I don't think that they can. I Unless th- there's a way that they can decouple it and have it knock, have I, it like explode off on one side so it falls off the track. I'm thinking, though, that the, that the, the lady who we call Madame Umbridge... She is going to be the one who's going to be advocating for them to decouple the the rear car. Yeah. I don't think she's looking at the bigger picture of what's going on. No. And I'm a little disturbed by some of the images, but I'm still riveted and I still want to see what's going on. I'm totally rooting for Leighton right now. And I feel sympathy towards M- Melanie. I think 
I understand where she's coming from. I think she's a little bit hard on the tailies, but I... But she's also upset because they're trying to do... They're trying to do some very destructive things. And she's from the, the standpoint of the train is keeping us alive. And it's a balance. We need all of it to work. We need everybody to participate so that we can all survive and have a life. And all you, all the tailies have to do is sit there. Right. So she, I see where she's coming from. Like we all need to be in it together. Why are you trying to cause harm to what's providing us with life? Like you idiot, you're causing your own death. It's one of those situations where you got to look at it from both angles. Cause on the one hand, they're not doing the two classes that aren't doing anything are the first class and the tailies. But the tailies are willing to work for their food. They're not asking for a lot of them aren't. At, I mean, some of them are asking for handouts, but for the most part, they're they'd be willing to work and move up class if they had the opportunity. Yeah. The first class, they are living off of wealth which no longer exists. I think. Well, I don't know how money factors into it because they paid for first class, first class ticket. And so they're in first class and there's amenities and things like that. But I don't know how money plays into anything. I don't know. Because there is no gold. There is. We no... haven't seen any money. We haven't seen any pricing. We haven't seen... Like credits for like, okay, you did this much work today, so. Right. There's got to be something. We know people work. We know people have jobs. Like a lot of people have jobs. Right. Like there's the bartender in the night cart. There's the that one section, the, the, the food section. They're working. Right. The butcher. The breaky guys. The police officers. Like, so there's some kind of work service program, but I don't know how currency plays into it. I'm intrigued. What do you guys think? Email us, spirekin at gmail.com or zanspirekin.com. Let us know what you think. And has anybody designed their own train car? Yeah, have you? Let us know. So now the other um, other show, let's get onto happier moments. We'll see where it goes with the next episode. But now on to Stargirl. Spoiler talk. I mean, for the most part, we talked about a lot of this stuff. What's on the big spoilers? One... I love the fact that the Injustice Society, they picked a lot of, like, the actual original Justice Society from the original JSA comic. The the bad guys are all old-school villains. It's not like a Lex Luthor. It's, you know, you have Brainwave and Icicle and Tigress and Sportsmaster and even Solomon Grundy. And Grundy looks like a freaking zombie. I like that they made him look like a zombie. The villains looked good. Well, zombie. Well, they didn't look, they looked like bad guys, but the, they looked healthy and smart and. They did a good job. CW villains. Yeah, they yeah. are Arrowverse villains that have done a They don't job. look like good guys. They look like good bad guys. But they are wearing their traditional costumes. And I like that they kept the traditional costumes. They updated them a little bit to be a little more modern, but they're still like, that's Brainwave. That's Icicle, even though Icicle looks like a really shitty Iceman. I've always thought that. And out of them, I think Killer Frost is the better villain, but that's... They did a good job with them. Now, for the other heroes and characters, I'm just... I wonder if they're going to get some of the old Justice Society members that didn't show up. I mean, you had Hawkman, you had the... The Flash from Earth 2, who technically was destroyed at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths. He was the one that ran on the treadmill backwards. Yeah. So I'm curious if they're going to bring them back or bring him back or how they're going to do that. Because you have Dr. Midnight, Tigress, and uh, Our Man are all dead. But the trailer for the show shows the kids dressed up as them. So we know that they're going to be the next, the heirs. And the whole thing is... Is Stargirl's dad Starman? Well, we know we know that 
she he's not. We know that he's not Sylvester. I don't anymore. know. The locket she has has a picture of her dad in it. The picture of her dad looks exactly like the picture in the Justice League. The Justice Society picture, but it's so but, it's the same first name, different last name, but he could have changed no, his last name. No, different. His name was Tim Tim Hall. It's Tim Hall, and then there's uh, Sylvester McCoy. Uh, Sylvester McCoy. Two different names. I think, th- if I remember correctly, I think that he's actually a villain. I think he's a villain. He's not just a society villain, but I think he's a bad guy. I think he's a bad... He's not I think he's a bad human being. He's got to be a twin brother or something. They look exactly the same. Her dad stopped showing up on that day that that he died. No, he he hadn't shown up for a long time. No, but he hadn't been showing up. They were getting rocky, but he was supposed to come show up for that, and he had been. And she had never given him her... The Christmas present, he stopped showing up completely, dropped off the face of the earth. I'm th- Why? I'm thinking. He died. I'm with her. I think that's her dad or her dad's twin brother. Like, I think that her, from comic lore, I think her dad is a bad guy. I think he's a bad guy. I'm not sure. I should look it up, but he's something big. I know that uh, one of the girls they introduced, if you watch Young Justice, you know who the character is. Um, uh, one of the girls is Crusher's daughter, because Crusher is Sportsmaster. Oh, yeah, totally. Who's one of the dumbest villains ever, but he's like, he's he's essentially a shitty Taskmaster, except he wears a hockey mask. That's his power. I wear a hockey mask. Wow. Like, the Injustice Society was done really well, and I, I'm excited to see what their big plan is. But the fact that they're all in, in Nebraska, I'm like, that's kind of dumb. Very dumb. I am, one thing I am wondering, since the original Justice Society had the Hall of Justice, which was brought to the Super Friends show, and now officially the Justice, the Hall of Justice is now in the Flash, because that's his, their headquarters. I wonder if they're going to have Mount Justice, which is the one from Young Justice for the Justice Society, in the show. Because the big characters are the Justice Society is in this show. I mean, you have Stripe, a.k.a. Stripesy. And holy cow, he is a beautiful car. Oh, that, that car is That beautiful. car is absolutely beautiful. And holy cow, it is a Transformer. Did you expect that? No. But I love how beautiful the car is. And he is a Transformer. Totally makes sense on why he has so many car parts. Yeah. But we're going to have to wait and see how that goes. But we'll talk more about spoilery stuff in the next episode. But let us know what you but think. Tell us what you think. Do you think her dad is... Starman. We'll see. So have a good night, everyone, or day. Bye. Bye.